Yo, welcome to my podcast. I'm your host, John Solo. I'll be talking to touring musicians, artists, producers, engineers, and crewmen all around the world. I'm interested in knowing what brings people to this crazy lifestyle and how music became their passion. I, for one, have spent most of my life in front of a keyboard and continue to learn and understand why it is I do what I do. I feel honored and privileged to have worked and become friends with many of the guests on this show. And for those of you who don't understand what hotel life is about, you're listening to Late Checkout. All right, welcome. I'm in uh, Brighton, which is the southern southern part of the United Kingdom with Stu Larson. And we just finished our album cycle, basically, tour. And he's been opening a couple shows for us, supporting, and... Um, Welcome. Thanks for doing this. Mate, it's good to be here. Yeah. You know, I was thinking today that I've got, out of, I don't know, maybe six or seven people I've already had on the podcast, it's dominated by Aussies and Brits. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> there's one, like, I think there's two Americans on there, so. I'll add to the Aussie mix. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody has an accent, which is awesome. Well, to me, it's an accent. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we have an accent to you. You have the accent. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm in the minority for one. True. Well, actually, I'm always a minority. That's a whole other story, though. <laughs> um. So yeah, um, we've been out here, like, let's see, you've done like maybe five or six shows with this? I think so, yeah. Yeah. A few in Germany and Luxembourg, London, Dublin, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and you just released a new album. I did three days ago. Congratulations. Thanks, man. Um, And I have listened to little bits and pieces, actually, when we were recording in Sydney. I don't know if I should say this, but Chris had had played (laughs) a little bit. really? Oh. Yeah, because he just finished something. He's like, you should check it out. And Pete played on it, I believe, right? Pete played on my previous album oh he didn't he played play on the, the other one he was touring with you guys when i was recording yeah so i couldn't use pete um but chris yeah. found another amazing drummer in in sydney oh was, nice i think he's working at the studio next door is that oh i know him around. yeah that's what he told I, he was like an engineer and also yeah, yeah. plays drums as well yeah. he's solid man yeah. yeah um this is gonna sound so bad oh don't worry about it because do you know why i wasn't even there when he recorded drums i was in hospital in indonesia having my appendix out Oh my gosh, I heard about so that. So I, I, for the first two weeks of recording, Chris and Luke Thompson, a mate from New Zealand, just pushed on without me, and I came in and out and didn't have, yeah. So I'm a bit out of, out of, out of it for those first two weeks of How recording. How was that experience? I mean, you were just starting to go in, and it just, yeah, I remember you, we were messaging, messaging a little bit about it, and you were like, yeah, I'm not doing too well, I'm in the hospital here, and you were in... Indonesia or yeah what? in oh. Bali yeah that's like the yeah. worst place to be for um, anything I'm, to happen like, I'm sure like I'm sure there are worse places yeah but, but it was pretty rough yeah so how did yeah. this happen it just came on you it was like you felt in the middle of the night just pain yeah oh. I, I didn't have any appetite um that we went out for dinner everyone's having steak and I'm like my body is saying salad just salad I couldn't I couldn't eat anything oh, and then from then it just I just was this is not right something's going oh. wrong and eventually it, it I had to go to the hospital and they were like, we're taking your appendix out. Oh, yeah. wow. And I, I was only there for, supposed to be there for two days. Like it could have happened in London where I had been or in Sydney where I was going and it would have been like great hospital care. Yeah. Did you end up like um, writing songs about this? And I haven't. <laughs> put I haven't it right yet. onto the album. Like I got <laughs> appendix blow. That time I lost my appendix. Album title. Yeah. Well, wow. Well, let's let's start from the beginning. Where are you from, and when did this all begin for you? I'm from a little town called Bowenville, in uh, Queensland, Australia. So it's about three hours west of Brisbane. Okay, just a tiny, tiny town. 
like I went to school with 30 or 40 other kids. It was... Oh, wow. Like your whole life. Proper small, yeah. We lived on farms around there. Amazing place to grow up. Eh? Such freedom. And yeah, you could just do whatever you wanted, go wherever you wanted, ride your bike everywhere. It was, yeah. It was, I loved growing up like that. Eh? But super shy kid. Didn't answer the phone if someone rang or I wouldn't if someone was visiting I'd literally just go and hide in my room like I was so shy really just couldn't handle it hey? it doesn't seem well now that I know you now on stage and yeah it wouldn't seem like that's that was your personality that's yeah. it man and music has changed that for me my mom when I was 14 she she said to me that she wanted me to learn guitar because she thought that it would help take away that shyness and I was like I don't want to learn. I don't want to learn guitar. I don't want to have a one-on-one lesson with a guitar teacher. I can't deal with that. Yeah. And I just fought against it and, and didn't want to do it. But she kept encouraging me, and, and eventually I was like, "Yeah, all right, I'll commit to, you know, three lessons or something." And oh, then wow. fell in love with it. And so music has changed my life completely from from being a super shy kid to now traveling the world and hanging out with people and yeah shows. so you, that was your mom's influence when you were you said 13 or something like that yeah, yeah yeah started when i was 14 learning guitar yeah did she play as well she played well yeah she used to be in a folk group back in the 70s actually was it like semi-famous or did they had some Not, records out nah just in in brisbane yeah they did oh. lots of shows in brisbane so they were they were supporting a lot of, of bands coming through in, in brisbane but they didn't. They never had anything recorded. I was so disappointed about. The only thing that they've got is some dodgy cassette recording of a rehearsal they did one time, and oh. you can't even hear it. Like it's, it feels like the the cassette recorder was in a different room, and you can so muffled and grainy and. Oh, uh, okay. So I never got to hear them properly. So your mom sings and plays guitar as well. And piano and, and piano. Yeah, mainly piano. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So you were, you grew up in a somewhat musical family it was around and, yeah and uh, did you were you singing early on or yeah she she forced me <laughs> into the the church choir when I was like five or six or something little boy soprano oh nice yeah I didn't I didn't want to do that either eh? super shy little yeah. kid what am I doing I don't want to be in front of people yeah and I had to do the the, the soprano the, solo the solo so, yeah. yeah well like when you are the soprano that is like the that's that's when you do it right. Did, did not love that. <laughs> did you, uh, like, so it was this, like, in the local community choir or the school choir or something? Is that what it was? or School and church stuff, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, and when did you start writing songs? I wrote my first song when I was 12, I think. Hadn't wasn't playing guitar obviously by then. Oh, okay. I just just recorded this little vocal line. Do you remember it? I I couldn't sing it for you, but I remember it was called the Monday Morning Blues about not wanting to go to school. Oh, that's <laughs> oh my wow! You were so emo at twelve. <laughs> <laughs> never never recorded it though. Oh, nice. Well, what maybe did I did, and, I, and no one will ever hear it. Maybe that's the story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then so that was like, you know, did you finish like high school and and all that, and go go on to university or? I I did high school in this little town. Uh, never thought I'd leave the town, eh? And I got accepted into a music course in Townsville, which is North Queensland. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't. I couldn't leave town. Like I was so shy and timid still, and and I I just couldn't bear the thought of of going to a new place on my own mm-hmm. and, and having to make friends and, and I just it was the worst feeling to me in the world. Mm-hmm. So I said no to it and I stayed in this little town. Wow. Just because of the shyness, yeah. And I worked in a supermarket for seven years or oh, eight years or something. Seven years, that's amazing. It's, it's, I loved it, but when I look back, I'm like, I could have started music 
so much earlier. Yeah, yeah. so you you feel like you started a little late. You weren't. Oh, like, definitely. So this yeah. is like you would probably be in your like mid twenties or so, right? By the time you quit or in the supermarket or I left. I left the supermarket when I was. 25 yeah 24 25 yeah 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 well those those that age between i feel like 18 and 25 for me personally was not i mean it wasn't a big waste i mean i was playing music but i wasn't like i wasn't ready to fully be like out there in in a professional setting i i mean like i thought i was at the time but looking yeah. back i was like yeah. i even hear recordings of me playing at that time i'm like oh my playing was still it wasn't developed at all and i'm still developing it all the time but yeah. it, it was it felt like Maybe you got to find yourself anyway, because even then it was just like playing video games was all I really wanted to do and yeah. hang out with my friends. Yeah. Still, that's it, man. You yeah. know? I think that's cool how we always develop and hopefully always will develop. And hopefully in 20 years time, we can look back on this this period and be like, man, I didn't know what I was doing then. You know, now I yeah. just keep growing, keep challenging ourselves. Yeah. I, I always look back at my old stuff and think, oh, man, what is that? <laughs> I know. It's really hard to listen to old songs, my personal own songs. Yeah, like, okay. I'll be like, what was, I, what was I thinking and writing? Like, what? You know what I mean? I don't know yeah. if it's like that for you, but definitely. it's but hard it, to go back. It's only us that really looks at it like that, like that I reckon. Yeah. All the fans are like, yo, I loved your old stuff more. Like, I know. They always seem to, to like the old stuff more. Yeah. It must be like, it's just personal because... How they were feeling at the time. When they yeah. listen. I mean, I'm the same way. I listen to uh, bands that I love, and they'll yeah. like, oh, they put a new record out. I'm like, eh, it's all right. It takes a while for it to grow on Definitely. You, you know? And I guess it's because we fall in love with those bands, because that's what we hear of them first. Yeah. That's, how, that's why we love them, is because that first initial contact with that first album we heard of them. And, yeah. And, th- and there's always that stronger emotional feeling, I reckon, that yeah. connection with it. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I wonder if it's because, like... I mean, now that we do this all the time, we know that the mysteriousness of all this is kind of gone. As far as not like, for me, I'm still it's still mysterious to me. <laughs> what I mean is more <laughs> the band, like what music is. Like, yeah, it's like when I first heard, you know fell in love with music and bands and stuff. It was like they were gods, and it yeah. was this thing. And then you don't realize, or you start to realize, oh, they're just people, and it's like kind of this. It's a job in a way, and yeah. they get up and they go through all this, and it's really not that. It's just normal stuff. Yeah. And to me, so that took it away. So when I hear music now, it's so objective. It's hard for yeah. me to get back to that place where it was like, Feel I'm not breaking yeah. it down in my head. Like, yeah, oh, that's yeah. cool. They used to, they, they must have used room mics for the yeah, drums yeah. or something <laughs> really dumb like that. Yeah, analyzing um, it. Yeah. 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 Were you at all even thinking of being an artist, of playing and writing during this time? or I, I had a little band for a while and we did local stuff. But it, and I think there was always that dream of, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I you know, when you're young, you, you think, yeah, I want to do that. I'm dreaming so big, and, and one day I could do that. Mm-hmm. It's not realistic. It wasn't realistic for me. I was like, the band I was in, we, we didn't know what we were doing. We were all pulling in different directions and different styles, and it just it wasn't working. Yeah. But we were all like, yeah, we can do this, you know? But it, it, it wasn't the right thing. So I eventually left that and just started to do solo, and it slowly, slowly, slowly has been getting... Bigger and bigger each each year, That's each great. tour. And, yeah. So you started in your town playing around town, and then you're like, oh, maybe I'll drive over to Brisbane and play a couple of shows. Was it the, like the real slow kind of... S- slower than that, I drove to the next town, which was Toowoomba, which is okay. it's like 10 times the size of my little hometown. Um, and a, a, not much opportunity for original music, so I played lots of pubs and just, just covers for two or three nights a week. Just smashing it for a year or two. Well, that's where you got your your hours in of performing and yeah and and getting 
building the craft and, and getting stronger with your voice probably and Man, guitar playing in front of people. It is amazing how that happens, hey? Yeah. Just because you're doing hours and hours and hours and hours of it and, yeah. and you're just naturally getting stronger in it. But after my first covers gig, I had never sung for four hours before. And the next day, or for the next three days, I couldn't talk. I just lost my voice because my voice was like, what have you done to me? I, I, I couldn't talk for three days, yeah. Yeah, it's a muscle. Took it out of me, yeah. It's definitely like working out. And then gradually seeing the difference over months, yeah. So good. Wow. And what kind of like, was it a rowdy little crowd in there in the club or was it? Yeah. Yeah, nice. It was pretty mixed. And this was just by yourself. You didn't have just a solo, band. yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was hard work, man. I think when you've got a band, you can, like, if, if, if it's a crap night and there's people being just idiots and, and disturbing you or trying to be funny with you or whatever, and it's, it's, with the band, you can kind of work off that and laugh about it with each other. And, yeah. But when you're on your own, it's yeah. just a different world, hey? Oh, man, I couldn't I, imagine. I, I, I struggled with it sometimes, but you never had any huge dramas. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's good, though, like, because... I, I can tell, like, I mean, I've only seen you play solo, and it's very strong, your performance and your, your stage presence is very confident, and, yeah, when you're mentioning this, I can think of the fact that you did put in the time to mm. get to that point, because yeah. it's not like you just all sitting up there and comfortable with it, yeah. and some people think, oh, they're just naturally gifted, which there is that, but <clears throat> you still have to put in the time Definitely, to, to get to that point. I mean, Without it's like with any instrument, it's very yeah. similar, I mean... It just takes, and you can't actually just sit in a room and practice because that doesn't actually get you that much better. No, I found it's like once you're actually doing it in front of people, in yeah. front of people, yeah, it's a different thing, eh? Yeah, I mean, I've given it a shot. Like I've written, I write my own songs, and you know, there was a point when I thought, like, oh, I think I want to do this. I want to be an artist, and and uh, I even I used to perform a lot whenever whenever I was off tour. I would schedule my own shows around town in New York, and yeah. I would even I even did a little tour up the West Coast with a friend of mine. We drove in nice. a van. We played solo each. It was just very yeah. similar to like you and Mike used to do. We were yeah. just kind of going through, and yeah. I found by the end in the first couple of shows, I was like, man, I'm not good at this being on stage by myself in front of everybody. But by the end of that tour, I could kind of feel myself getting better at it and yeah. stronger. I was like, oh, yeah. I'm actually starting to feel it. But then I would go back on tour and not do it again, and then okay. lose, lose all those chops yeah. of like being on. Because once you up there with a microphone and there's no one else around you and you realize like okay there's a lot of dead air in here <laughs> it's really uncomfortable yeah. you sing your song and you're like yeah i think i killed this and then it's just kind of like you know yeah. a couple of claps yeah. and they're like you say something and they're just birds chirping yeah no like, reaction yeah. yeah no reaction and people are just drinking you're like oh okay this this is really uncomfortable yeah. i always wondered what it'd be like to be a comedian you know that's got to be even harder. I can't, yeah, I can't imagine the pressure that they would, be, would yeah. be under. But I guess in a similar way, once they start doing it and you learn the little tricks and the little yeah. ways that you all respond to certain situations, I guess it's the same thing. You just get better at it. Yeah. But I would not want to put myself in that position. No, wait, I, mean, I listen to a lot of uh, podcasts, comedian podcasts where they talk about it and stuff. And it's just such an interesting craft to me. And they, they always say they start out like, okay, I, first time I did it, I had like, they gave me three minutes to go up and open it. And I'm like, three minutes doesn't seem long, but that is a long time to stand there and just talk into a <laughs> well, microphone. For yeah. us, that's one song. Oh yeah, I'll play yeah, one song. Yeah. And I've done that too, where it was like, hey, can you play two songs? We're going to have like 10 singer songwriters. And like, that's really easy. Go up, yeah. do it and then leave, you yeah. know? Um, so as you let's go back. So as you were doing your thing, you're you're playing the gig, the cover tune band for like three three nights a week or something for yeah. a couple of years, yeah, which yeah. is a lot actually. Yeah. You must have known hundreds of songs. 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't even remember, eh? I, I kept, I've got the folder of all, all the lyrics and chords back at my mum's house in Australia. I should pull it out one day and yeah. reminisce. Yeah. But yeah, I loved it, man, for that time. Uh, hard work being on, on your own, but yeah, getting better and better. And, and, and I think working on my shyness as well. I was still kind of shy until, well, I'm still a little bit shy now, but mid-20s is when it started to kind of to go. So being in that situation really helped for that as well. Um, but yeah, I loved it. There's a few pubs who gave me uh, once or twice a week gigs. They just signed a thing for six months or or twelve months. So I knew I had this income coming through for that period of time. Um, but when I finished, when I did my last covers gig, I was like, I'm, I, "This is. I know I, I will not do this again." Yeah. Like I'd had enough. You, you go through. I went through two or three years of it, and I was like, "Yeah, I, this, I, I'm done." That's I, I a long do time. This. Yeah. Yeah, and this especially were you ever like you know inserting some of your own music or definitely yeah. constantly yeah yeah and trying sneaking to one in yeah <laughs> <laughs> here's an old hit you might not know it and just see, see the reaction <laughs> I, I used to have a song I don't play it anymore but people thought it thought it was a John Mayer song it was, it was a similar vibe you know I listened to a lot of John Mayer in, in that period and and people honestly thought it was a John Mayer song I was like, I'm I'm cool with that like yeah that's fine. I actually did it in a in a, con- a competition one time, this song, and uh, some of the other bands came up to me after and were like, you know you're not allowed to do cover songs in, in this, you're not allowed to do John Mayer songs. I was like, I know, it is my song, I know everyone thinks it's, but it is my song, and I, there's a bit of trouble about that. But. Wow, I wonder what that would sound like, because when I think of, I, I can't really pinpoint, like, what he would sound like when I think about him like that, but... Mm. Um, and this, uh, this, that song on... The album, which is very pop, it doesn't. I've taken it offline because it's so different to what I do now. So oh, it was it was popular. Yeah, I was gonna say because yeah, I don't hear so I hear you more as a folk. I've changed man. so much. Eh? Really? Yeah. Well, that's another thing that everybody, most people, don't realize is that is the change in development styles that we go through as musicians yeah. and artists. It's like you constantly, you'll be like I've had my fix with jazz for years, yeah. hip hop and reggae, and mm. I've got, you know, and funk music kind of went through all every kind of style I feel like and then it just kind of like came out to be whatever it is now I don't know what it is yeah. but <laughs> it's it's like it's just kind of like this journey that never ends and there's so it's so much music out there yeah. and I can't believe how much I still discover all the time that yeah. I've never it's heard. just always increasing yeah it's, it's yeah. crazy um, mm. so after you quit this cover gig and you're like was that your decision I'm gonna now just play my own music and go for this is that was that a decision yeah yeah, it was. I, I'd been working at a bank during the cover cover period. So I had a decent job and I was doing two or three gigs a week. And both of those things, I, I think I'd had enough of the covers gig and working a nine to five job. And I just got to that point where I was like, life is pretty comfortable, like essentially on two incomes. And I was living on my own so I had you made it right that's at that point as a musician you're like I'm actually already there (laughs) well it killing it 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 felt super comfortable yeah and that was a good thing for a year I was like I enjoyed that ride and then after a year I was like this is too comfortable like this is not how life is supposed to be like there was no challenge it was just yep working a good job we're doing the cover gigs in such a routine yeah so I got pressure either yeah just zero pressure and had everything I wanted but I ended up, yeah, giving most of my stuff away. Kept my guitar, obviously, and a few things, laptop and camera, and put it in my car and just started driving around Australia. 
and this is like this is when I was asking you where you live. And you're like, mm, I don't really <laughs> know where I live. Is this about that time? Yeah, yeah. So it's that's ten years ago now. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm. So you're you're just you're like the traveling blues man. I mean, that's that's actually yeah. what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I haven't haven't lived anywhere for ten years. So you were traveling around Australia. Were you? Booking gigs and, and just doing them and then yeah parking the van by the seaside or something I was driving around in a little two door Ford Fiesta actually so oh, it wasn't nice. wasn't the uh, I w- wish I was doing the van thing because it's much easier sleeping in a van than a Ford Fiesta <laughs> yeah I'd say so <laughs> <laughs> but I yeah I booked I booked as many gigs as I could um, and then word of mouth along the way people were like oh if you go into this town hook up with this guy or they'll have you they'll put you up for a night and you play a show in this cafe or bar or whatever. So I think I doubled the gigs through word of mouth as I drove around Australia the first time, over like six months traveling around, yeah. Wow. Did you have a, a record out at this time? I had a little EP out, yeah. Okay. Yeah, just a little five-track, really rough thing. Yeah. And so you were printing it up and sell that too as well yeah, as you went along. Yeah. That always helps, I mean, to anybody that's... I mean, that's when people buy CDs is when they're there and yeah. they see you. Yeah. They'll give you five bucks or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And that can just pretty much pay for your gas and your food and a lot yeah. of things. It actually. keeps everything ticking over. It does. Yeah. Without that, I don't know how people survive. Eh? Yeah, I know. It, when, I, when I first started touring with this band in, in like, I'd say like 2005 or six, a, a singer, he had like, we, we made like a CD and mm. it was like, I couldn't believe how much he would move. Like some nights he'd make, you know, five, 600 bucks off selling CDs. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's like, a good income, really, yeah. if you think about it, for playing yeah. some music and then just selling your own merchandise or whatever. And then eventually we got into shirts and stuff, and cool. that would really help out, yeah. like, all those little things, yeah. you know? Um, so you're so as you were traveling around and, and doing these gigs, did, did you have a plan in mind, or was it still just kind of like, I don't know, like, I'm just, just doing it? Just whatever happened next, eh? Wow. Zero plan. And didn't didn't really have a plan for three or four years, really. Just kept saying yes to every opportunity that came along. And that was right around Australia. I go to New Zealand once or twice a year as well at that stage. And then Japan popped up. Someone suggested Japan. So I started going to Japan around that time as well. That's amazing. Just literally whatever came my way, I'd say yes to. I don't remember saying no to a single gig in that time. Yeah. Was it a gig? When you went to Japan, did you have a book, a gig booked? Yeah, just some, just like three or four little things in, in Tokyo and Osaka. Wow. Um, yeah, it was... Crazy man. Yeah, it's yeah. a crazy place. Yeah, I I went there in like nineteen, I think ninety four when I was in high school. Wow. My my, the band, the jazz band, and the high school band I was in, like we went over there and played a concert. Like a, they called it a friendship concert. Cool. Yeah. So I haven't been there in twenty six years, twenty five years. Man. Which was it really that long ago? No way. Yeah, I think it was. Wow. Um, but I, I still kind of remember how crazy it was, and I, I've been wanting to go back ever since. Man, you got to do it. It's yeah. my favorite country in the world. Yeah. I love it. People are amazing. Food is phenomenal. Yeah. The, the technology and the history and the culture. Mm-hmm. I love it, man. And yeah. it's really clean, too, right? There's like... Yeah. That's, I kind of remember that. It was super quiet and clean, and everybody just takes care of their, themselves. Yeah. Um, I guess you have to in a, in a society where it's, there's so many people all around you if you don't kind of take care of yourself and look after yourself clean up after yourself it would be a mess yeah like, especially there right yeah a friend of mine uh, <clears throat> this bass player you know in uh, LA, uh, New York um, did some playing with them some touring he 
he's from Tokyo and he mm. lives in New York, but he told me like, it's so crowded there. Yeah. He's like, you cannot, he's like, I remember once walking down the street and thinking, okay, I'm not going to try to touch anybody. He <laughs> says, there's always people hitting your shoulders or something like yeah. that. He's like, you just cannot not touch people. Yeah. And everybody's used to that. So, yeah. um, that's kind of crazy actually, if you think about it, like, and it works. It works. Yeah. It's <laughs> amazing. I, I don't know if I could live there. I feel like growing up in Australia with such open spaces, I think living in a place like Tokyo, after a while, I think I would just, I, even now, like as I travel, I always crave the open spaces and the peaceful and quiet areas. And you, you don't get that in, in really, I mean, there's, there's temples and gardens in, in Japan in the middle of the cities and you feel like you're away from it all, but there's still thousands of people enjoying that space with you. Oh yeah. I, I crave the wide open nothingness yeah I, I i mean i'm very similar like we kind of have similar backgrounds i'm from a real small town in yeah. washington state and it's you know grew up kind of on an apple orchard and cool yeah. it was like this big open space nobody around i don't think i was really a shy kid though i didn't have that yeah. thing but i was i was definitely like you know it was a big move to go from the small town even to seattle because mm -hmm. it was like seattle and even seattle is actually not that big of a city now that I, you know yeah. i've been in new york i've been all over the world yeah yeah but like that was a big deal and i was like oh look at these people everywhere yeah. and these cars and i was like kind of my first month living in seattle i was like freaking out because yeah. i was like i wasn't used to it yeah i mean it takes me like in ellensburg it takes like a minute to go anywhere yeah like oh we got to be there at eight o'clock cool we'll leave at 755 <laughs> that's how it always yeah. i thought that's how long it took to get anywhere everywhere yeah and then yeah. in new york you're like okay we got to leave at least an hour before we get there and now that is kind of common in cities like give yourself an hour yeah. to get anywhere and i kind of miss like that whole like easy life it's mm. chill like no traffic and yeah um and so you're like you say you're just traveling around though like you don't do you go back home a lot and I visit my mom. She still lives in the in the same house we've been in for twenty years or so. Yeah. Um, so I visit her every every time I'm back in Australia, but I can I stay a few days. You know, it's not like I'm I'm home. Yeah. It's mom's home, and I and I, I yeah visit and hang a little bit, check in, check in, disappear again. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So as you were as you were busking, or did you busk? I should just go there. Like, is that how it started too? No, you didn't. Okay. I didn't. I mean, I've done it a handful of times. Uh, when I really had to, I guess, like running out of money in the middle of Australia, just had to hit the street and hope for a bit of cash to find a bed for the night or some food or whatever. So yeah, I've done it from time to time, but not like Mike. Like okay. Mike is a, yeah, that's his thing. I guess yeah. I'm leading up to that a little bit. And, uh, cause that's pretty much how I met you was, yeah. was through, was through Mike. That's and how most people meet me. Yeah. Oh, really? Well, <laughs> Hey, you know, that's how people meet me now. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were, you were, how long does did this happen? I don't really know much. I mean, I hear him tell the stories and stuff on stage, but yeah. I haven't really gotten into it with him. Like, yeah. Um, where did you guys meet? We met 2010. I was, it was my second or third year, I guess, uh, of No Job, floating around saying yes to every opportunity. And some friends of mine in a band called Boy and Bear. Have you met those yes, guys? Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah definitely. They're cool. great. Australian band. Yeah, phenomenal. And they were starting out uh, in, in Australia at the time. And they had no money and I had lots of spare time. And we played a few shows in their separate projects the year before. So we, we knew each other. And I, I know their, man their old manager, the guy who was managing at the time. I know him really well. So we were all kind of friends. And I was like, oh, if you guys need a driver or someone to sell you CDs or whatever, I'll help out. And so I jumped on the tour with them and, and just did what I could to help them out because they're amazing. And you could see that something was going to happen. 
and on one of the the tours, um, Mike was the support act. And so oh, I met, nice. met Mike on this run, and and I remember the first first night we picked him up on the way north out of Sydney. We stayed in this little town, had like two hotel rooms for eight of us, like sleeping on floor, couch, sharing the bed, whatever we had to do. The first memory of Mike is he walks into the hotel room and just offers to make everyone a tea. And I'm like, who's this English guy just making tea for everyone? Like, <laughs> of course. So classic. Yeah. <laughs> you want a biscuit with that too? <laughs> yeah. It was, it was amazing. And that, he, that just showed me instantly. He's, he is a generous guy. Like yeah, he, very, yeah. He's always thinking about the people around him. And that was my first impression. And, and it's, it's, he stayed true to that first impression the, the whole entire time. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I met him on that run. And at the end of the tour, the last night, uh, both Dan and Mike uh, came to me and said, uh, kind of sussed out my plans for the next year. This was late 2010. And I had a three-month trip planned just to go and travel for the first time. I was about to turn 30, so I wanted to just escape the turning 30 vibe, the pressure of, you know, house, family, job, etc. Yeah. So I went travelling for three months. And the day I got back... I started tour managing Mike. Oh, nice. I landed oh, in the next day. you were helping out. You weren't quite an artist. Like, when they met you, you were, or they didn't know you that way. They knew me as helping out Boy and Bear. Yeah. So they said, come and do the same thing for Mike. And I was kind of hesitant because I want to play shows, you know. But yeah. that, that tour was him and, and two other artists. So it was literally just tour managing. So I thought, well, I've got nothing else to do. Yeah. I'm going to come back the day before from traveling around the world. Sure, I'll, I'll say yes and do it. So I did it for a month. And it was, it worked really well. Like Mike and I really bonded and connected and, and I loved it. I, I've, I feel like I love the logistical side of, of touring and making sure everyone's okay and just making sure we're getting from A to B and, and sorted out, like unloading the bus. Oh, so like, yeah, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, you were on it. I was like, yeah, you definitely have done this. Like, <laughs> you've unloaded gear and put it into a thing. Yeah. And like, you know how to knock it out. I don't, do it. I don't know why, but I absolutely love doing that. <laughs> I know I could tell you were like excited. I was just like complaining the whole time. I was like, really? Oh my God, I got to pick up gear right what? now. Yeah. I've gotten so, so lazy and complacent. Cause I haven't had to do that in so yeah. long now. Yeah. It's like kind of like, luckily, I mean, there's times when I have to, but yeah, it, it, you lose that tr- those those chops at least I do of like picking up keyboards and like carrying it. yeah I I've bit of a sore back this morning but I love it. <laughs> yeah you picked up <laughs> you're like wow this is really heavy I was like we should do that together no 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 I got I it, got it. <laughs> <laughs> you're like I'm gonna prove I can do that I'm gonna conquer this yeah. huge box I just don't know what it is about it yeah just so love it. you were driving the was it like was he in a van and stuff and yeah in Australia we, we flew obviously oh yeah there's no to, to yeah. most well we flew out west I think and then we drove most of the the east coast. But yeah, loved it. And then after that tour, Mike, Mike said, hey, uh, this is working well. Can you keep doing it? And I said, no, because I don't want to be a tour manager. I want to be a, I'm an I'm a artist, you know, I want to yeah. play shows. And so I said, no. And then he came back and said, well, I want you to do it. How about you be the support act as well and be a tour manager, support act and drive or whatever, whatever. I was like, Let's do it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's a great, great yeah. opportunity. Yeah. Amazing, man. And so much work because, yeah, tour managing, driving, photo- taking photos of the tour, doing videos with Mike. Yeah. Uh, absolutely everything. Like, uh, and then getting on stage to play half an hour before him. That was like, that yeah. was the nothing part. Like, oh, I got to play. Yeah, whatever. I'll do that. But exactly. your, your mind's like, I got to get the merch correct. I got to get all the, Selling merch every the night. gas. Yeah. You know, that's like exactly yeah. how I started with... Angus and Julia was, mm. well, I'd actually met them prior to that with, a, I was playing with Brett Denon and yeah, they yeah. were a support act and we became wow. friends, you yeah. know, in the States, we were just friends and, and, uh, they, they came back through town. They did a U.S. tour like a year later 
and they'd ask me like uh, they were looking for a tour manager and I somehow like we're all friends and it got like brought up like well let, you know I can do it and then maybe play with you guys too and they're like oh that's great let's do that yeah. so but I had never I'd never tour managed especially a yeah. band I yeah. had no idea what I was doing and it was like this will be easy <laughs> and I was like I remember the first emails I got from like a bunch of promoters and I was yeah. like oh shit I have no idea what I'm doing I'm like yeah we'll be there around two I guess I don't know and then like realizing you have to take care of the artist as well and then yeah. then it'd be like running around all day helping set up gear driving the van yeah. uh, checking us into hotels giving keys out um you know, it was a, it was really hectic. And then like, oh yeah, now I got to play some songs with these every night. And I was like, I didn't even think about no. that. That was just like, okay, now I got to go up on stage and do Literally this. a minute before you go on, you're like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> exactly. And then as soon as you're off stage, yeah. like, okay, what else do I have to do? Yeah. Forget oh, about the music. I'd be on stage playing and, and Julie would be like, hey, uh, actually, could you tell the lighting guy that <laughs> I don't really like this? I'm like, yeah, cool. And then the song I didn't have, run off stage, run around to the front <laughs> and be like, hey, yeah, could we change some things to come back <laughs> on stage it was yeah. so hectic but yeah. it's fun though right yeah. like it's an ex I only wanted to do that really once it's kind of like yeah. after that but yeah. um, I so I kind of I feel your pain on that a little bit like it's a great opportunity at the same time it's, it's hectic right yeah. I'm sure you were like completely stressed out and, and this is just looking after and Mike is like the easiest person to totally look after really he doesn't and when it was just the two of us it was pretty straightforward a lot of work but straightforward you know you're just constantly busy yeah and then it started to get we got a sound guy on the road and Jared came on the road to do videos and photos and, and the shows are getting a bit bigger. And it started to, when he started to get famous, that's when we were both saying, we got to change this. You know, I, I, I'm not a tour manager. I'm a mate who's helping out, who's yeah. hopefully making sure everything's okay. But I don't, I'm not a tour manager. I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. Exactly. I'm just thinking, You don't look like a tour okay? manager. Let me put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> I just say that. When you roll in, they're like, oh, well, who are you? Oh, oh I'm the yeah. tour manager. Really? Yeah. No, you look like a musician. <laughs> yeah. And then they see me on stage as well. Yeah, the musician. Yeah. But man, was... We need to settle up. Seriously, though. Yeah. I don't like this extra expense here. <laughs> I found that hard because sometimes you had to be the bad guy. Yeah. And I, I as an artist, I'm, I'm thinking of that side when I'm talking to the photographers who are, who are, who are annoying and, and trying to flash during the whole show or whatever. It's like, yeah. i got to be the bad guy and say, stop, come on, this is ridiculous. And, <laughs> and fans who are trying to get to Mike or whatever, I'm like, I had to be the bad guy. I did <laughs> oh, not want to do that. I know. Yeah. It is the hardest part because someone has to be <clears throat> in between the liaison of the fans and, and the artists. At and, times, And you're, you're an artist, so you're like, yeah. I don't really know how yeah. to be that guy. It was hard, man. Yeah. But it got to a point where I, I said after a tour, it was early 2013, he was starting to get bigger. And I just said to Mike, I can't, I can't do this like this anymore. I, I physically cannot do it. I'm staying up until three or four o'clock in the morning, emailing, like sorting out stuff for the next shows and tours and stuff and, and getting up early in the morning to, to make sure everyone's okay, like sleeping very little and still trying to be an artist amongst all this. And I just said, I can't continue like this. We gotta, we gotta do something. And it was so obvious to him as well that, you know, it was getting bigger. How long yeah. was that that you were doing this like double duty thing? Uh, there's 11, 12, <coughs> three. Three years, I oh, guess. Oh, three yeah. years? Yeah. Oh, my. I thought it was, like, a couple of months. That's nah, crazy. Man. It was, yeah, because it was just the two of us for 11 and 12, pretty much, traveling around. Uh, so you guys spent a lot of time together. Yeah. It's funny yeah. because I've noticed, like, hanging out with you even more, I'm like, wow, you, you and Mike have, like, very similar mannerisms. And, and I'm like, <laughs> who got what from who? <laughs> like, which one is which? And I was like, they spent a lot of time together. Yeah. You can tell, like, brothers situation, yeah. you know. We spent... Yeah, twenty four seven together for 
a lot of that time, like sharing hotel rooms, driving together. Yeah. And you were all over the world, right? You did the States, you did Europe, you did, it wasn't just like Australia. Australia. Yeah. Yeah. It was was everywhere, man. And amazing. What an adventure. This shy little kid from, from Bowenville. Yeah. And, and then I'm, I'm traveling around the world and yeah, it's such an adventure, a dream, like not even a dream. Cause I thought I will never leave my own town. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, the odds are stacked up against anybody from a really small town. Yeah. It's, it's hard to leave a small, you probably have friends that are still live there, right? Like yeah, definitely. growing right. up and yeah. like, they can't imagine even going to Brisbane. That's like the big city. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a scary city. Well, yeah. I used to think that too. Right? <clears throat> oh yeah. You're just going to get mugged every corner and you know. <laughs> That was exactly what I thought when I moved to New York. Is everybody, yeah. everybody's like, "Oh, it's so dangerous. You're probably gonna get mugged." When it kind of really was actually back then. I'm I, nowadays I'm wow. like, "How was I dealing with that?" Because really? it's so nice now okay. comparatively to when I first okay. moved there. It was, and even then it was nicer than it was a decade before that. Okay. But it was, yeah. like, the whole thing was really dirty, and it was just mm. kind of like a, it just didn't have the feeling that it does now. It just seems like really rich. And, and well, lots okay. of money is there, and, okay. and uh, it's really clean now, and yeah. cleaner to me. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's changed a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, like you learn, and like you, like you said, you were on the road, and, it, and you didn't think you could do that, and also you adapt so quickly as a human. I think so. At yeah. Least, like to any situation. Mm. Um, well, so while you were doing this, this um, double duty. Yeah. Um, had you put out an album now at this point and then we're promoting that too? Yeah, yeah. So I put out a little EP. Uh, must have been 2011, I think. And so I was selling that along the road. Yeah. Yeah, it was 2011 because I did that for three years, sold that for three years on the road. And wow. I just was like, I need to make something new, but I'm just going to keep riding this wave with yeah. Mike, you know? Yeah. Um, actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, you met my friend Mark. Lynch. Yes. Because he have. did a tour. Was he tour managing you guys? He, I couldn't do that tour for some reason. I don't know where I was or what I was doing. I was probably touring on my own at the time. So Mark did, did the tour manager oh, duties okay, with yeah. Mike. Yeah. I remember he told me that he was like, I'm going to go out with this guy named Passenger. Yeah. And he's, he's like, generally his support act is his mm. tour manager. And yeah. I was like, oh yeah. man, that's a great way to save money and have your, you know, and have yeah. your friend out there as well yeah. and you can help promote somebody else. And I was like, it's just two guys. Gosh, that's gotta be so easy. Cause every, every band I've been in has always been full bands yeah. with lots of logistics. And that's just like Hard work, man. so much more. <coughs> and that's yeah. all I knew. That was my world. Yeah. It was like, Oh yeah, that's just how you got to factor in all that. But then it's like, Oh, it's just two people. Like that's pretty easy to deal with. Like you don't have, it's, yeah. there's not a lot to, it's amazing, man. And even, Turning up at festivals sometimes, just the two of us. Yeah. And literally, we load in with a guitar, sometimes a spare guitar, Ooh. and a, a, a tuner and a lead. And yeah. that was it. And literally, you'd see buses rolling in, and oh, yeah. other tour managers and- just laughing at us walking in because they're like, You guys have no idea what you're doing, do you? And we're like, Well, this is all we need. And then they'd watch Mike play. Oh, yeah. And be like, okay, you guys don't need anything else. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty amazing, amazing actually. The first time I saw him, I was like, wait, he's by himself, and he's got that entire crowd in the palm of his hands. And I was amazing, like, man. And was that when you when you were doing this? Was it always like that, or did always. you watch this really? always from the first from when he was supporting Boy and Bear? I, I watched him, and and he just had the whole crowd wow. palm of his hands. He would outsell them in merch every night, like it was insane. He That's was crazy. just smashing it and, and busking as well. Like he just draws people in, and he makes every single person feel connected with him, yeah. no matter if it's five or five thousand or twenty thousand. Yeah, I don't know how he does it. Yeah, and I don't think I've ever seen anyone connect with people like he does on stage. 
Yeah. It's, it's phenomenal. And, and yeah, you could see it from day one. And did, did you learn him? a lot from him? Like, oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So much. And I think at first I wanted to be like him. I was like, ah, he's, he's the pinnacle, you know? And he is. Yeah. But I quickly realized that it's not my personality. I, I'm not, I can't interact with the crowd like he does. I, I don't have his quick wit or his clarity or, and all these things, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I quickly realized that I, I could never be, be like that, but I can learn certain things and work ethic is amazing and, and the way he cares for people and, and the way he, way, yeah, sh- shows himself to the crowd and his, his true self. He's yeah. the same on stage as off stage. And so I learned what I could and then kind of took a little veer. And like, I have to show my personality and not try and be Mike or yeah. someone else. Or, yeah. So, yeah, I've learned so much from him. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, after this, after he finally were like, oh, I no longer can do the double duty. I want to be an artist. And you, so you broke off and you stopped doing that. Did you start doing, is that when you were gathering your own fans and, and yeah. doing your own tours? Yeah, because I, obviously, all the passenger fans had seen me at all his shows. So there was, the fan base was slowly growing. And, and so I think I, I started doing my own tours and still supporting the odd tour here and there when I worked out with Mike. Mm-hmm. So kind of just trying to balance everything and just, again, saying yes to everything I could. Just touring as much as I could, getting out there. Yeah. And just staying on the road. Kind of so I didn't have to find a home and go back somewhere, but yeah, yeah I just love it as well. Yeah, yeah. Did, did, so did this lead to, like, I saw that your last record was put out by Network, which is yeah, a yeah. big label in, in L.A., right? Or they're based out of L.A.? Um, Either way, I do know it's a very good label. It's and, amazing, yeah. yeah. And, and I'm, how, I'm how super lucky to be with them. They, they put out Vagabond, the previous album as well. Oh, nice. And, it's, and again, it's just through touring with Mike. I got to know them. They got to know me. And they signed and, you. They're like, let's do this. Yeah. That's great. I feel so lucky. And the same with booking agents as well. Like most of the guys who, who have looked after Mike in the past are now looking after me just because we've formed a relationship with them. Yeah. Over the period of touring. Yeah. 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 But I remember at the time I was always like, I don't want any of that stuff. I'm just, just happy to tag along and, and, and you know, <laughs> just along for the ride, you know. Yeah. yeah, that seems to be kind of like the theme so far of this of this inter- uh, podcast is that yeah. you, you said you're like you're working, you know, you're just taking it as it comes and you're not like overthinking anything. I just love the adventure and the journey of it, yeah. and and take just taking the next thing as it comes. Like I I, I love that about life. Yeah, and for me, it, it's like I'm 36 now, and it's I mean the best time having having the best time of my life like and it's a slow grow you know yeah it's it's been very slow and i i think i appreciate that if i think if i was doing this when i was 21 i, I wouldn't have a clue what i was doing and i wouldn't be appreciating it it's it's too quick i think some people maybe can deal with it but i've loved the the length of this adventure mm-hmm. and uh, and there's still years left so I'm yeah, happy. yeah. You're, you're not even close to thinking of the end here yeah. it's just yeah. you're in the middle of it um, yeah so what are the plans now like so you got the new record out and gonna tour it over the next six months i'm gonna smash it got a month in north america and then two or three months back in europe and then finish in australia in december and you're going solo and tour managing yourself yeah <laughs> You're kind yeah. of in the same area. I mean, you learned all those skills yeah, yeah. of how to do it, so you don't yeah. even need to have someone go out there with you. That's really. it, man. Yeah. I mean, it's in Europe, I'll have someone, hopefully have someone as a support actor traveling with me yeah. to share the driving and to hang out with. In the States, I'll be driving the whole thing on my own and just, just go and smash it, yeah. Wow. But, but I like it. I like driving, and it's some good time to think and plan and, and kind of refresh a little bit. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So where are you playing in the States? Like um, what cities? I think it's 20, 21 shows. Oh, okay. That's a, that's a big weeks. one. Yeah. Are you yeah, going to yeah. be flying that or vanning it? Just driving the whole thing in the cheapest car I can find. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. You don't need a van. You just no. get a car. Me and my guitar. Box of CDs. Easy. Man. <laughs> are you going to do any busking along the way, you think? Or? Nah, I don't think so. Yeah. And I, if I was, I'd try and take an amp as well, but yeah i i try to do a few times it's not my thing it's yeah. one of those things where you are like i hear him tell the stories like you know people are walking by i'm like yeah that's how it was for me and they never stopped <laughs> <laughs> i never even had one moment where yeah. they're like oh let's check this guy out yeah. it was like nah it's <laughs> gonna... hard man i think there are so many more buskers around now as well and i think a lot of that's because of mike i think he has smashed it on the street all around the world yeah and and music musicians have seen him like up and up and coming musicians and they that's a model now for doing stuff it's like yep go and busk on the street that's how you can do it and so i think the streets are so saturated with buskers especially is, in europe it is yeah it is kind of an amazing way to, to get the people in the club though because yeah you know the way he talks about it that he said you guys would go in and, and you would smash it and yeah. like all you have these huge crowds and yeah then, and they're like, yeah, we're playing right around the corner tomorrow night. Come That's on it, down man. and sell out on your own. Like you didn't even have to. What better than like hiring a prom promotion team or whatever, or what do they call street team and yeah. going out <laughs> and trying to get the word out. It's like, let's just show people what we can do. Yeah. And I mean, I love it. It's like the ultimate music hustle. It's so clever, man. So yeah. We did, yeah. When we started out, it was like three days in the city busking. Yeah. And then I was, I'd be selling CDs and handing out flyers and, and telling people about the show. And so you do three days, new people every, every day. And then, yeah, you'd smash a show on the third or fourth day and then skip to the next town. It was amazing, man. Wow. Sometimes selling two or 300 CDs in I an know. hour. I've busking. heard some stories and I was just like, you're kidding me. It's just like, unbelievable. That's crazy. I felt unsafe at times because I had all the money oh. from the CDs, right? And there's thousands and thousands of dollars or euros or whatever. That's crazy. In, in a little bag on my, in a little camera bag on my shoulder. I'm like, people are seeing what's going on if there's some some uh yeah, oh, bad yeah. people here yeah and there chances are there are you're on the streets you never know like i mean who knows but especially need... in paris that's that, that city can get crazy we got stuff stolen in dublin once in brussels oh, wow. but only those two times that i remember yeah 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 well man sounds like a great little adventure you've been on so far it's amazing yeah yeah. I really uh, appreciate you coming on and talking and stuff. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Maybe someday in the future I can open for you and I can be your tour manager since I have Let's a little bit of that experience. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing next month? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Cheers. All right. Peace.